This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I hope you learn ideas to me so that you can save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website, and Clark.com slash ask is where you go to post a question for me. Love for you to do that. But if you don't want to wait around for me, you can get your questions answered by a member of our team. That's a free service of our show and has been for just a whisker less than 25 years. Uh, we answer your calls off the air 40-plus hours a week. On Clark.com, scroll down just a touch, and you'll see the phone number and hours available each weekday for free off-the-air advice. So coming up in a few minutes, there's a tax reform bill in the Senate, one's already passed the House, and there's a lot of false information flying around. I'm going to set the record straight, particularly with fears that are being spread about what's going to happen to your home value. And later yet, If you're into the full Christmas spirit and cheer, I've got an assignment for you involving Christmas lights that I'm going to fill you in on. I know. You never know what you're going to learn here on the Clark Howard Show. So right now, I want to talk about something that has become extremely overheated, and that's something known as net neutrality. Net neutrality is the idea that these monopoly cable and phone companies can't set up toll booths on the internet or restrict content that they don't like. Well, in just a couple of weeks, and the fix is already in, a guy who came from Verizon who's now in charge of the FCC is going to do his former employer's bidding and going to eliminate net neutrality. And what this means to you and me in the short term is hideously ugly. What it's going to allow is you and I are already paying a phone monopoly or a cable monopoly for access to the internet at our home or business. So... What the cable monopoly or phone monopoly is going to be able to do is somebody, uh, let's say somebody just can't stand their cable company and they post a blog about it. It will be legal in a few weeks for the cable company to block anybody from seeing that content. Free speech is directly under assault and threat. Small businesses face a massive threat. Startup businesses face a massive threat because the phone monopoly and the cable monopoly are now going to be able to charge you in order for your content to show. 
Now, remember, the customer in his or her home, you and me, we're already paying a ridiculously high sum compared to world standards to the phone monopoly or cable monopoly for access to the Internet in our home. And now they're going to be like a bookie. They're going to play both sides of this deal because they're going to be able to put up toll bridges and say, well, if you want to see what's on Clark.com, you're not going to be able to see it because Clark's too cheap and wouldn't pay us a toll for us to present his website. And you would type it in and all you would see is the spinning circle of death. So the thing is, the phone monopolies and cable monopolies became monopolies because the government granted them monopolies, which was wrong and has led to so much harm. I travel all over the world. I go to countries like Korea, where the internet costs roughly the equivalent of about five U.S. dollars a month and goes at 125 times the speed of what we access the internet in the United States because of competition. Other countries have much, much lower internet costs because of vibrant competition companies slugging it out. We, as best I know, are the only advanced nation on earth that sanctioned this system of having monopoly providers. I ask you, how many cable companies can you have provide service at your house? One. How many phone companies can you have provide service at your house? One. And these companies fail to innovate and charge massive amounts of money. So I am beyond incensed about Verizon being in a position to impose their will on the American people through their representative being in charge and, in turn, that our freedom of speech is going to face so much restriction. In spite of my fury and anger about this, I am an eternal optimist, and I believe that in the next couple of years, technology is going to undo this grand strategy of the cable monopolies and phone monopolies to harm our freedom of speech and to put up these toll gates. And I believe that new technologies like something known as 5G, which will be coming from the phone companies on the Internet that don't have monopolies to your home like T-Mobile, will be able to offer you ultra-high-speed Internet accessible anywhere in the U.S., and free speech will return because of that. This is a hideous thing. It is a clear example of where big companies call the shots in Washington and how dirty money restricts our freedom and ultimately could impact the flow of information. But in spite of all that, I still believe that ultimately we will be okay. But I need for you to know that evil should never happen in darkness. And the least I can do is shine a light on evil as it lurks 
and intrudes into your life and my life. I find this particularly disturbing because of the fact that we are free because of brave men and women in our history who have fought to keep us free. And the freedoms that we hold dear should not be taken away by monopoly interests that are only interested in lining their own pockets. Okay, I'm going to breathe deeply now. We're going to change directions. And now we're moving back into the power of positive thinking with Sarah here. Sarah, I'm glad to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Clark. This is, uh, it's great to hear you, too. Thank you. Well, Sarah, how can I be of service to you? Uh, well, right now I've come upon uh, changing uh, my, my job at, or changing companies that I'm working with. And my past company was very generous, and they offered a Roth 401k that I took full advantage of at, for the time I was with them. Unfortunately, my new company, uh, it, it does not have a Roth 401k. It has a plain 401k, and they do not match the, your contributions at any percentage. And so knowing that, it changes kind of where I want to prioritize where my money is. And I'm not sure what do I do with my current my, my past older money from my old employer in that Roth 401k. How much do you have in that old Roth 401k? It can't be more than five, uh, five, five grand. Okay, so that's about what you have in it? Mm-hmm. And I also have a personal Roth on the side that I contribute to the max. So that's where it makes this puzzle a little more Actually, that clears it up. It doesn't make it muddy. Okay. So the easiest thing to do would be to move the Roth 401k money from your past employer into your existing Roth IRA. Okay. If it was traditional 401k money, I would talk about a more complicated process. But in a case where it's an old employer's Roth 401k, you know, hitting Mm -hmm. the easy button, keeping it simple, makes the most sense. And you can do what's known as a trustee-to-trustee transfer. Don't let the old employer send you a check. And what you do is, wherever you have your Roth 401k, they'll do the paperwork for you. They'll have you sign a couple things. And they'll move the money right from the old employer plan into your Roth IRA. Okay. No tax, no consequences at all. Do I need to pay attention to any contribution limits? No, no, there's no effect on that. Okay. So you don't affect your ability each year to contribute new dollars to that Roth 401k, Roth IRA, because you rolled money over from an old Roth 401k. And I got to give you a gold star. In all the years I've talked about Roths, yours is the first call I ever recall from someone who had a Roth 401k and a Roth IRA and was figuring out what to do with them. And your situation is so simple to handle, which I'm just smiling about. Well, thank you. Now, let's talk about going forward. So the new employer, if they had a match, I would tell you one strategy. Since they don't have a match, we're going to talk a different strategy. 
All right. You max out your Roth IRA each year. And I'd want you to continue to do that. And only if your intention is to save more than $5,500 next year would I contribute a percent of my pay to the employer-provided traditional 401k. Okay. What is the max you like to save in a year? I I usually just parked it at the match from my previous company. I just put 6% of what I got. Right, so you were doing 6% plus 5,500. Yes. So I don't want you to fall behind. So in the perfect world, in order to keep saving at the rate you've been saving, you would do the 5,500 in your Roth, and you do not 6% in the employer 401k, but you do effectively, how much match do they give you on the six you put in? They match the first 3% automatically, and depending on the year, they would do an additional 3%. All right, so let's say if you wanted to stay equal with where you've been saving, you would do 9% in your new employer plan. Okay. And that would keep you pretty much in line with the amount of saving you've been doing. Okay. And so that would be a very workable strategy. But just remember... Your old employer is going to try to send you a check. You do not want that check because then you take something that's easy and it becomes really ugly tax-wise and a number of other ways as well. And Russ is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Russ? Hi, Clark. Uh, Thanks for taking my call. I've been uh, listening to you for years, so thanks for all the service you provided for so long. Absolutely. You were really concerned about, with all the breaches going on, somebody's going to try to open up new accounts as if they're you. Is that right? Yeah. You know, you hear about data breaches all the time. The uh, the credit uh, bureau is the latest, but there's been many over the years. Um, I don't want to wait for a credit bill to show me that it's some... uh, fraudulent charge or I wait for the annual credit reports. I'd rather be a lot more proactive about this. Is there any way I could get alerts for when someone puts a credit card application in or does an inquiry or tries to take a loan out in my name? Sure, you can do that with credit monitoring. There are a couple of credit monitoring services that are free that will give you an alert when somebody is uh, attempting to open credit or has successfully opened credit as if they're you. And will, those, will that be immediate, or will it be like... A it'll week usually day, be know? within um, that day or within 48 hours that you'll know. Okay, what services do you recommend? Well, actually, I wanted to take you a further step. Okay. Even though you can have that, I would much rather you inconvenience yourself by doing a much stricter thing known as credit freeze. Is that a term that's familiar to you? A credit freeze? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking of doing that, only I'm going to be moving uh, pretty soon uh, to another state, and I'm going to be buying a house at some point with my wife. So, uh, How far down the road would you be applying for the mortgage? Oh, probably I'm going to be moving in uh, after... When the wife is out there now, I'm going to be moving probably as soon as they sell my house in the next couple of months, and we'll be looking to buy... Absolutely, both of you should freeze your credit immediately because you have a much enhanced uh, risk of identity theft in the midst of a move, particularly from state to state. And so 
I would freeze both your credit files. When it comes time to apply for the mortgages, you'll be able to thaw your reports as needed. I'm going to cost you a little bit of money to do this freeze and thaw, but I promise you it's the only right way to have peace of mind, particularly with you moving right now. If you'll go to Clark.com slash Equifax, I'll walk you through it step by step. And good luck in your new home. I don't know if you've heard the noise from the real estate industry that is very upset about what's going to happen with taxes in the United States with the tax bills under consideration in the Senate and the House. But they're predicting that the value of your home is going to fall 10% as a result of the new tax bill that would ultimately come into law. Well, maybe. But the thing is, most people get not very much benefit from the tax benefits of home ownership because most people make a moderate income and very few people get a lot of benefit from itemizing their deductions for real estate taxes and such. The thing is, the only people who have something really to fear are people who are upper middle class. In the case of upper middle class housing, there actually could be a meaningful drop in the value of a home if bills is written or adopted. Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com's our main website, and you know Clark Deals? I'm so proud of the Clark Deals team. When you want to know what's an actual real bargain versus the hype, go to ClarkDeals.com and we'll help you save money each and every day. Speaking of saving money, I got a way for you to save money with your eyes closed. In fact, I'm going to try this as an experiment. My glasses are off, my eyes are closed, and I'm talking to you right now because this is really going to save you money. All right, I love Christmas lights. They're just so cool. In fact, NASA says they can see them from the International Space Station or something like that. I mean, they just glow up across North America. And so Christmas lights also have a real warm spot in the heart of power company people because you throw away money on that power bill when you're burning those Christmas lights. But do you know if you have older Christmas lights and they're working just fine, it's a better idea for you to chuck them and buy the new ultra-flexible LED ones. Now, LEDs have been around for probably six, seven years. and the first few years, they were expensive and they were crummy. They looked bad. They gave off bad light. They were rotten terrible. Not anymore. The LED lights, because they're basically little computer chips one by one, are phenomenally flexible. Let's say tonight, You want to do red, white, and blue Christmas lights in honor of the United States. Bam! You can do that with a little remote. Tomorrow, you want to do red and green. The next day, you want to do whatever. I mean, they are so flexible, but the big thing is they're so cheap. You make up the cost just over the next several weeks. 
if you buy new LED Christmas lights and put them up and dump the old timies. I just want to interject for one second. Yes, Krista. You neglected to say you can have white lights because I don't know if I'm sure that in a lot of households and marriages, they have the same dilemma. My husband likes the colored lights and I like the white lights. And so he works from home. We got these lights, LED lights that are on our tree and they can be white. They can be multicolored. They can flash. They can go fade in and out from the color. So all day he keeps them on the color lights. And then when I get home, they turn white and they're beautiful. Very soft white. It's so not that during LED. the day when nobody can really see the glow of the lights, yeah. your husband gets to control the color. And then, our and then son- at night, you get to control the <laughs> then color. Then our son comes home and it looks like a disco ball. It just starts flashing and he does. He sets it on the crazy ones. But yes, that that you know that's an, a dilemma in many households. Like you know whether to have white. We used to have two sets and we'd switch every year. Oh, and now you don't have to anymore. I know. Because you can switch whenever the whim comes upon you. And so think about what you're doing and the money you're spending. You know, you use traditional Christmas lights. You could be, depending on how many strings you put up, you could be spending an extra $60, $80, on the power bill that you get for this time cycle. And the LEDs, a lot of them are so efficient that you'd have trouble even running up an additional dollar on your power bill. So... Just think about all that money you can save and have more Christmas cheer. Or you could look at it this way. You could completely upset your neighbors and light up your house like an East German border crossing. If you're too young to know what that historical reference means, go look it up. You could light it up all you want and you'd still spend less on electricity than you would with a bunch of the old-fashioned light bulbs. Just a thought, it's your money. Mark is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Mark. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Mark. Okay, so you get last vote. What color should the Christmas lights be at Krista's house? White. White. Yes. All right, your check's in the mail from her. (laughs) Mark, how can I be of service? So, Clark, I am new to your show, but I, like I said, I wish I would have uh, found you a little sooner before I got involved into my whole life policy. I'm uh, almost three years into it now, spending about $800 a month um, in uh, funding this. Now, so you guy, got you got um, thirty grand in this thing already? Yeah. So, it's a friend of mine introduced me to him. You know, he took me golfing and wine and dine me. And um, so a thirty thousand dollar round of golf. How was it? <laughs> it still wasn't good. Oh. <laughs> so what I what I want to know is uh, where to go from now. Where where to go to now? All right, I got it for you really easily. Now, one thing I have the name of the company that the policy is with, hmm. and it is a very respected company. In fact of the companies that sell life insurance, it's perhaps one of the highest rated. So um, I really, really like the culture of that company, but it doesn't mean that buying a whole life policy is the right thing for you to do. And it's hard to know 
But one thing, have you gotten your most recent annual statement to see what the cash value of the policy is right now? Um, I think it's in a pile of, in my mail, you know, where I get all those statements from. So I haven't read it yet, but I think I have gotten it. All right. So you paid in roughly thirty grand, and mm. what you want to know is how mm. much value you have in that policy right now versus how much was taken away by commissions and fees charged by the insurance company. So that's a sunk cost to you. You know, if it says you have a value in that policy right now of let's say ten thousand, you put in thirty thousand, you're twenty thousand upside down. Right. All right. But the thing is what happens with these life insurance policies is the longer you're in, the more that cash value starts to recover. And eventually, typically, somewhere about year 12 to 15, you'll end up where you're above water in the policy. That's a long time from now. Exactly. So it's a hard dilemma, and I've got a way for you to solve it. There's a service you can buy on the web that'll cost you, I think it's about $100, where you can, I'm sorry, it's $125. For $125, you can have a full independent analysis done of your individual policy that you bought three years ago, and they'll be able to tell you, keep it, dump it, or you may have what's known as a conversion privilege in it that they would want you to convert to. And so you will know with exact scientific precision whether you should keep paying in that 800 a month or do something else. Okay. Um, the website is called evaluatelifeinsurance.org. And let me repeat that for other people, Mark. Evaluatelifeinsurance.org. So they'll ask you, to request certain information from your insurance company that they're not going to want to give you, but they are required to. And then you'll send that paperwork and the $125 to evaluate life insurance, and you'll get back an answer where it'll be near certain. You'll know exactly what you should do. And it's it's totally... They're not affiliated with any other companies? No, it's part like it's part of a consumer group called the Consumer Federation of America. They're only there for consumers. They're unbought and unbossed. Okay. So you'll know precisely what to do. Okay, well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And uh, if you don't mind, if you remember, after you get back the report and it's clear what you should do, share it with me what you found out. Because I think it's important. I talk about using this service, but I never really hear from anybody what they found out and how it helped them make a decision. Marcelino's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Marcelino. Hi, how are you? Great, thank you. How can I be of service to you? Well, um, I'm thinking about going to the CES this year. Um, We've never gone, my wife and I. And I was just wondering what would be the best way to get a good deal on airfare and hotel and all that stuff. Well, as someone who goes to CES year after year after year for work, I have learned just about every trick there is to saving money on going to CES. So 
if you've been looking, oh, Consumer Electronics Show is what it used to be called. But with uh, CES, which is January each year, and as best I know, it's the largest trade show worldwide each year of any kind. Right. Because it's so ginormous, the hotels in Vegas that are on the bus route for the convention charge their highest prices of all year except for New Year's Eve during CES. And so what the key is to saving money on accommodations is you stay outside the transportation zone, which is what I do each year, and I end up paying for a hotel generally around $110 to $125 a night. Okay. Where if you stay at one of the hotels that's considered to be convention center zone, it's typically 700 and up, but often well over $1,000 a night for just a regular room. Oh, wow. Um, second thing with the airfare, you live in somewhere near Albuquerque, is that right? Um, it's actually on the southern part of New Mexico in Roswell. Um, we don't have... Any, the only, the only, we only have one airfare, uh, one airline that flies directly out of here, and they only go to Phoenix. So, how far are you from, let's say, El Paso? Help me, because New Mexico is gigantic itself. Yeah, it's it's about four hour hour drive from uh, from El Paso, uh, three and a half to four hours. And how far from Albuquerque? About the same. Because from either of those, I know it's inconvenient, uh, particularly Albuquerque, Las Vegas is almost a commuter route, you're going to find a number of flights that will be available that will be affordable. But one right. thing, uh, you know, CES is only open to people in the trade. It's a closed show. Do you have any way well, of getting credentials that will make it possible for you to get tickets? No, I, I, no, I thought it was... Uh, it was for the public also. No, it, it's private. So you have to have like um, uh, a card for a technology company, you know, a business card. You have to have verification of employment with a technology company, uh, something like that, in order to be able to attend the show. Oh, I see. So well, uh, I had heard you talk about it so much. I, I just wanted to go. I understand completely. There's a lot of spinoff events at CES, and there are a lot of people who go non-credentialed, who go to spinoff events in various hotels. But uh, that might be frustrating for you to go because you got to pretty much know the ropes to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so I'll tell you that I will do the best I can again this year on TV and on radio and, of course, on Clark.com to bring as much information as I can to you and everyone else about the products available, the ones I think that are going to be part of your life. And I must tell you, my guesses are wrong a lot. <laughs> think back over the years when I get all breathlessly excited every January and say, this is going to be in your home. And then six months later, I'll find out the company went bust or whatever. It's hard to know what's going to be a success and what's not going to be a success there. 
But it is a it is a um, interesting event because it's it's fun and exhausting at the same time. But it's really neat for me to be able to bring those products, those inventions, live to you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners! Whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Marsha, congratulations. You just got a new car, huh? Yes. You like Um, it? I absolutely love it. And I hesitated because the new cars come with so many bells and whistles and electronics that I feel like I don't have control of my car. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because Consumer Reports in their survey data finds that the one area that makes people unhappy with their new cars are the difficult-to-use electronics in them. And people are used to how easy electronics are with uh, iPhones and Androids, and then they get in a car and it's like, this is just like... 20-year-old technology, even though it looks pretty. Right, right. Well, and there's there's so much of it, you know, all the safety features and, uh, you know, it breaks for you if you get too close and it beeps if you get near a car and, you know. <laughs> well, but those things are going to prevent some trips to the body shop. Well, and you have spoken often about you really believe that these are going to... Uh, prevent accidents. Oh, These sure. Are great features to have. And I listen to your show every chance I get, and you're always promoting like the blind spot features and all those things. So now you got you all of head. that. <laughs> yeah, no, I had you in my head when I was buying. But, but with that comes the concerns with everything's computerized, everything's electronic, you know, it, you don't repair a car the same way you used to, sure. like your carburetor. And so, so, I mean, if something goes wrong, it can be a scary wallet hit, right? Right. So, so I can my, tell you're setting me up to ask me about getting an extended warranty, aren't you? Exactly. <laughs> I know you were against I, I can tell warranty. that was where you were headed. Okay, <laughs> so I'm neutral on you buying a warranty, an extended warranty on a car. But I'll tell okay. you, I want you to wait. Because generally, you can buy the manufacturer's extension all the way up till when the manufacturer's initial warranty runs out. Correct. So Correct. that's when you make that call. If you but over the next... Won't they really jack up the no, price of it? No. Oh. No. And as you go through the next couple of years, you'll have a sense how reliable your car is. Okay. And if okay. it's um, constantly at the repair shop, then that'll help you make a decision to buy the extended warranty. Remember, only from the manufacturer. 
But if the car is proving to be incredibly reliable, then that's money you would save and you'd keep in your pocket. So I would prefer that the vehicle you bought turns out to be reliable, but time will tell you whether it's a green light or red light on buying that warranty. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. I appreciate you spending part of your day with us here on The Clark Howard Show. I want you to know that if you need consumer advice, we're here to serve you off-air for free, nine hours a day. If you go to Clark.com and go down the home screen, you'll see a section, Consumer Help and Tools. Click on Consumer Action Center, and you can get that free off-the-air advice.